Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. So today is the first full day of Kevin McCarthy's speakership. You can go on my Twitter feed if you'd like, and you can see my prediction. Everything I said was going to happen has happened. Now, I realize there are going to be no points awarded for being consistent, not hyperventilating, not using words like insurrection or whatever. What happened was the club, that is the club that is D.C., the class, was upset. And I don't know if you caught my Friday night program on Salem. I could play the clips here, I guess, um, today if I need to. We played some clips of a very poignant moment in the Trump presidency where Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were debating the border wall in the Oval Office while they were discussing holding a press conference. And Nancy Pelosi kept saying, let's not do this in front of the press. And Trump's like, let's. And I got to be honest with you, I thought that was one of the most amazing things. Because Donald Trump, although he's a rich guy, let's be honest, he was a rich guy. He knew a lot of politicians. You know, on, on the issue of, you know, where he is in business and in status and in wealth and reputation, he was... You could say he was an outsider as far as experience goes, but really he's kind of in the class of people who who hobnob, who who who, you know, people come to him for campaign contributions. Let's I'm not going to pretend the guy was a complete outsider. But I definitely understood the the club, the class, the political class. It kind of gobsmacked him a little bit if you will. And unlike other past presidents, Republicans or Democrats, who would have taken that invitation to quiet the discussion in front of the press and maybe hold it in private, he was like, no, let's do this in front of, in front of the people with the cameras turned on. And I thought that was one of the most amazing moments that I had seen in a long time. Let's do this right now. Let's argue in front of people. Transparency. And the best part of it, and I'll have to send my time codes to Super Producer Mike when he gets in here. He's finishing up some of the clips for today. We're a little bit behind today. Was when Chuck Schumer threatens Trump with another government shutdown. He goes, go ahead and do it. I'll own it. And the look on Schumer's face was just like, that's not a threat anymore. You want to shut the government down? Go right ahead. I'll own it. You can blame it on me. Go ahead. He called Schumer's bluff live on television. I remember that being an an amazing, amazing moment. But some people really like the secret of nature. They really believe that Washington is a class unto itself and the rest of us are just, just here. We're just, we're just the backdrop or the extras or we're, we're just here to live out their policies. And when I started the program on Friday, I was very passionate about my status as a regular person. That I'm not trying to be part of that. I'm not, I'm not trying to create a, I know it sounds like, well, you're just trying to create a bona fide. I'm not trying to create a bona fide. The Constitution is a common 
person's document. And what we have allowed to happen, basically over the past 100, 110 years, is to remove the protections of the regular citizen from the Constitution and create the notion that what flows from Washington is being granted to us. That they, they our rights come from them. And that we should be thankful for politicians who build bridges as if they're not building it with our tax dollars. It's almost as if there's a professional class of people who have purposefully diluted the intention of the Constitution to transfer all power away from the people to a permanent class that only seems to be expanding as a profession. So you you get the requisite degree and you make your way into Washington into one of the bureaucracies or you seek an elected position and maybe, you know, if you learn the game of how to build constituent loyalty through the appropriations process that you could sit in this this body, this this uh this oasis for 20, 30, maybe even 40 years. We do have members that have served for 40 years. And their 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 little easygoing life was upset for a few days. When a handful of people called rebels and terrorists and insurgents said, no more of the Pez dispenser and no more of the promises to fix things than to just go about the status quo. And there was a lot of mudslinging and there still is mudslinging. Andy Biggs is going to be on this program a little bit later. The mudslinging is still ongoing and you're seeing now a lot of people walking back the use of words like terrorist. It's almost as if some Republicans had their, their transmission slip gears and they turned into, they started talking like angry Democrats. But here we are. The world did not come to an end. The sky did not fall. And I my sincere hope is for those that perhaps are not really into this stuff, the casual observer, the the uh, the uh, championship spectator, right? You know, there's some people that don't pay attention to a particular sport until their city may be in the playoffs and all of a sudden now they're running out and buying the jersey and, and all that. Um, they know the top three players, the MVPs, but they don't, you know, they're not, you know, able to prattle off statistics from the season and, you know, who had this many yards or whatever. That they grow tired. There's got to be some level of fatigue with the every event is the end of the world talk that we're getting from Democrats and members of the Uniparty and the media. January 6th was not was not on any level going to be the end of the world. It wasn't. It just wasn't. It was not going to be the end of the world as we know it. Even in its worst incarnation, it was not going to be the end of the world. Even if you had a battalion of armed insurrectionists, they would have been put down and the government would have continued to function. And when it was over, we would have continued on as a society. That didn't even happen, though. 
You know, it's kind of funny. We never talk. Everything is January 6th. You remember that moment in late May, early June of 2020 when Donald Trump had to be rushed to a secure bunker underneath the White House? And there were Democrats and spokespeople in the media. Well, he's such a chicken crap. You know, why is he running? What is he afraid of? First of all, the president doesn't make that decision. If the Secret Service says, Secret Service says, Mr. President, we must move you. The president follows, not the order or the command, but follows the recommendation of the Secret Service, which is tasked with protecting the life of the president and the, the first family. But there were people that were attempting to breach the gates of the White House. They were fighting with Capitol Police. They were fighting with the Secret Service. Officers got injured severely in some cases, as did with every George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, Antifa riot all across the country. Millions, if not billions of dollars of damage done. And we don't remember any of that. No police officers got medals or accommodations or press conferences with prominent members of the political class for standing their ground in any of these major cities or in front of the White House or when the Senate building was taken over during the Kavanaugh hearings or the firebombing of the federal court building in Portland or the armed assault by left-wing militants on the ICE detention facility in Tacoma, Washington. This never happens because all of this is carefully scripted by the left to create a narrative. But everything, if you listen to Raskin and Schiff and Pelosi and some of these people, I can prattle off all the names, the world is always coming to an end. It's kind of like the global, global warming, climate change, climate disruption, global cooling, alarmism. They tell us every few years, we only have a couple of years to save Earth. And yet those years come and go and we're still here. And we're still here. And they've been doing this for the better part of 50 to 60 years, going back to the first Earth Day, which I believe was in 1968. If we don't do this now, if we don't impose environmental Marxism now, the world's coming to an end. We only have three years. All right, we only have another three years. All right, in five years. All right, in 10 years. Every time they talk about the climate, there's the red line. If we don't do something now, we're all dead. And then it doesn't happen. And nobody ever says. You know, every time you sit down in this chair, you tell us the world's coming to an end, and here we are. It's endless alarmism that doesn't seem to fatigue the general public. Because again, most people are not paying this level of attention to everything the government is doing. So if you look on my Twitter timeline, I said Kevin McCarthy was going to get the speakership and the individuals of the 20 are likely to look at the rules change, which I believe went from five to one for the discharge petition or to vacate the speaker, excuse me, to vacate the chair. Now, would it actually, would they actually have the votes to vacate Kevin McCarthy? They might not, but it's still an insurance policy. Just like calling for impeachment in the House of Representatives when you know conviction in the Senate is unlikely. It is still something that a speaker or a president or a governor or anyone, no governors want a recall vote. 
but the world did not come to an end. And some of the backtracking is amazing because the things that the 20 were asking for, single-issue bills, two-thirds for earmarks, 72 hours to read the bill, a vote on term limits, which, quite frankly, we could argue, could that be done without amending the Constitution? I don't believe it can. Right now, conservatives have a real opportunity to right an 120-year wrong and move the power away from Washington and back into the hands of the states and ultimately to the people. And by the way, that's what the 10th Amendment calls for. All powers not delegated to the government of the United States are reserved to the states or to the people. The people are to be free. The fact that we have created a class of people that think regular, ordinary Americans are somehow dangerous, to a danger to themselves, or maybe we should call it class burden. The idea that this class must reign over, lord over the general public as to create less of a burden upon themselves, because that's what you see in Democrat elites. I have never seen a Democrat elite propose a program Propose a program really for your own good other than so you don't hurt yourself. I mean, what do you, what do you mean? Pick your own kids' education. Where are you going to get health care? You can't possibly know these things. We need government experts. We need to take away self-rule and have a rule by technical experts because the average person isn't equipped to live out their lives. Well, if that's what you believe, then you shouldn't be taxing anyone. The idea that participation as a citizen of this republic means that we ever more transfer away decision-making in our lives coupled to the tax dollars we pay is a dynamic no one should be willing to live with. And if these people are so brilliant, they should go out and start businesses that provide the goods and services they think we all should want or need. The idea that you hide behind government saying, well, we can't run it like a business. So that's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. But I realize there will be no points for not wavering and being consistent through this air fingers, quote, chaos in the house. You just got a taste of how the sausage is made. And my sincere hope is that we see this every time. We should see these debates before somebody is chosen to be third in line for president. Not behind closed doors, not in conferences, not secretive favor trading for votes. Real, live debate where our members stand up, declare where they stand, and make a statement. Wyatt 695 Patriot 9572874. So Joe Biden went and had his photo ops at the border. Kind of like... Uh, AOC. He went through a parking lot. And now we see that there were actually migrants. There were actually migrants cheering Joe Biden. That should tell you that the non-citizen now has more access to influence the president than you do. The American citizen. I refuse to use the phrase the American people, by the way. And isn't it nice 
they went through some of the most affected parts of El Paso and cleared out. They cleared out the eyesores so the president could have his photo op in El Paso. Where's Robert Francis O'Rourke? Where's he been? We have so much to get to. We're right, they're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.